0: In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks. Dude, have you ever really been thirsty? I'm talking parched to the core, right? I'm talking 100 degree day, drenched with sweat, been working, and you're just thirsty. When I get like that, I don't want pop, I don't want coke, I don't want milk. There's only one thing that's really going to quench that thirst, man, and that's water. Water is what I just long for in those moments. Well, listen, today we're going to talk about soul thirst. And when your soul is thirsty, there is only one thing that quenches that thirst, one person, and his name is Jesus. I cannot wait to share about this. Uh, I, I get to share with you a song from my 2003 demo uh, that the album's called Rock You Up, and the song is called Thirsty. It's going to be so encouraging. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do it. It's Pastor Brad here, your 80s, heavy metal, head-banging, Jesus-loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now... Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. So, dude, when I think about being really super thirsty like this, my mind always goes back to summers that I spent at Johnson Bible College. It's where I went to school preparing for ministry. It's uh, just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, in East Tennessee. If you've ever baled hay in Tennessee in the middle of July, uh, then you know what hot is, man. I'm talking 100% humidity, 100 degrees, stinking hot. Um, And, And so one of the things that we did there in the middle of the summer was we would bale hay. And uh, a bunch of us guys would would, throw it up on the wagon take it to the barn throw it up in the loft and by the end of a couple hours of that dude you look like you jumped in a swimming pool all of your clothes were totally drenched with sweat you were so hot and uh, the barn where we loaded this hay up was behind our boss's house his name was mayo proctor what a dude man what a great guy He lived about a quarter mile from the from the college and anyway, uh, all we wanted to do when we got, you know, done was find his hose in the back of his house. He had this awesome well water, cold well water and you know when you get that thirsty dude you don't want pop you don't want milk you don't want anything else you want water and we would pour that all over our heads and sometimes all over our body it was just so cold and it felt so good and then we would drink our fill and it was just awesome when you're thirsty you want something that quenches that thirst don't you there's an awesome passage in the gospel of John about this John chapter 7 verse 37 on the last and greatest day of the festival Jesus stood and said and allowed for voice. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Jesus is talking here about soul thirst and he's just declaring to the crowd, dude, if you are deep down inside thirsty for love and redemption and grace and forgiveness and a sense that you have meaning and purpose and that you're loved and just all of those things that the Bible wraps up with phrases like eternal life and abundant life. Jesus says, come to me and I'll quench that thirst. Now, to fully understand any passage in the Bible, you've got to understand the context. What's going on here? Who's he talking to? Because when you really understand the context, it just makes the scripture, especially in this case, it really makes it come to life. Here's what's happening. Notice John says that Jesus stood up on the last and the greatest day of the festival. This is the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? It's a really joyous celebration that happens once a year in Jerusalem is celebrated Israel's wandering in the in the wilderness. Remember they they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, if you don't know your Bible uh, history, let me kind of tell you the story. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, okay. And God calls Moses to be their deliverer. Called him at this, at the burning bush in Exodus chapter three. He said, "Go, tell Pharaoh to let my people go." And then you go through the whole ten plagues, and and God leads them out of Egypt after he finally breaks Pharaoh's will, and they go through the Red Sea. Remember, God split the Red Sea, and then he crushed all of the Egyptians behind the uh, the Israelites, and he brought them to Mount Sinai, and in, in the Sinai. Peninsula there between the uh, it it, it doesn't matter I'm I'm getting into too many details there with the geography but anyway he takes them to to Mount Sinai and he gives them the Ten Commandments and even more than that he establishes his covenant with them as their God and then he says alright now we're ready let's go to the promised land which is where Israel is actually today, geographically. Well, they they get these spies, and uh, 12 spies, one representative from the 12 tribes of Israel, and they go and into the land, it was called Canaan at that time, and they spy it out, and they come back and they say, oh my goodness, this land is everything God said it would be, man, it's flowing with milk and honey, it's awesome. But 10 out of the 12 said, dude, we can't do it. They were just overcome with fear. They said their, their armies are too big, their walls are too big, they're too strong, they're too powerful. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that came back and said, dude, I don't care how big they are, God's bigger, we can do it. But the 10 kind of overshadowed the the testimony of of Joshua and Caleb, the other 10 spies, and they scared the Israelites, and and they they said, no, we can't do it. They they failed to trust God. So God, in response to that, and all this is kind of important so you understand what's going on. God said, okay, okay, if you don't want to trust me, if you don't think that I can handle this, then this generation of Israelites... Can just wander around in the desert for 40 years. 40 years is a generation. The whole point was the generation that doesn't trust me can just die in the wilderness. And then I'll lead the next generation into the promised land. So they're out there for 40 years in the, in the middle of the desert. And during that time, God provides for them. He provides water for them every day in all kinds of miraculous ways. He rains down bread from heaven called manna. Every day they could go out and pick this up. There's so many things we could say about manna, so many lessons. Anyway, they could pick that up, he fed them. The soles of their sandals don't even wear out. They had the same pair of shoes for 40 years. Talk about miraculous. All kinds of things happen during this period, and God provides for them. So every year, After that, they celebrate God's provision and care for them in the wilderness. Every year, thousands upon thousands, huge crowds of Jews would make their way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And it was all centered in Jerusalem around the temple. It was a seven-day celebration. They had all this ceremony, but the main part of it was that each day, the high priest would walk to the Pool of Siloam with a gold pitcher, and he would dip that Pitcher into the waters of the Pool of Siloam, which represented living water. Who would proceed into the temple of all this regalia and all this celebration, and he would pour the water out very ceremoniously over the altar. By the way, little backstory: This is really cool. The Pool of Siloam was fed. I just I get nerdy on this stuff, but I think this is awesome. The Pool of Siloam was fed by a 500-meter underground tunnel that was dug. At the time of King Hezekiah, he was the king of Israel uh, during the time of Isaiah, the prophet who, it would have been Isaiah speaking to Hezekiah who gave the prophecy, um, and this will be a sign unto you, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. That was awesome, right? 700 years before Christ, Hezekiah dug this tunnel that actually brought spring water and filled the Pool of Siloam. I just discovered that last night in my studies last night. I just thought it was really cool. And by the way, that tunnel is still there and still operational. Very cool. The Pool of Siloam itself is is empty now. But okay, done with my nerdy stuff. But the priest would, would do this every single day day and the people as they poured out that water would recite Isaiah chapter 12 verses 2 and 3 surely God is my salvation I will trust and I will not be afraid the Lord the Lord himself is my strength and my defense he has come to my salvation you start to get the sense as you study this festival that while it is about provision in the wilderness, ultimately it's about God's goodness to his people and it's about his salvation. And not just about earthly salvation, but ultimately it's about eternal salvation and the deepest longings and thirsts of the soul. So the last day of the festival is the greatest day and that's what John's talking about here. This is when Jesus stands up to speak. On the greatest day of the festival, the high priest once again goes to the pool of Siloam with the gold pitcher. Only on this day everything's amped up. It's just bigger, people are more excited. And this time the the high priest is is led by a praise band and there's worship and and it's just like a parade going to the pool and and he gets the water and he comes back in to uh, the temple and he comes to the altar and this time they march around the altar seven times with the water while they're singing praises to God. And you know what those seven times around the altar represent, right? The first thing that the Israelites did when they left the wilderness, crossed the Jordan River, and the first thing that happened when they entered the Promised Land was they encountered Jericho, the Battle of Jericho. You remember that? Joshua in the, in the Battle of Jericho, God told them, what did he tell them, right? He told them to march around the city seven times and that he would then give the city into their hands. And so when they did that, the walls of Jericho came crashing down and the people went in and it was their first victory. So this is all, kind of symbolic of that. They march around the altar seven times and then they pour the water out onto the altar while all the people quote Psalm 118 verse 25. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. And it was very likely right in that moment when the at the apex of this celebration that Jesus stands up. John 7, 37 and 38 and he says,
1: Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink.
0: Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said rivers of living water will flow from within them. And then in verse 39, John tells us that by living water, he was referring to the Holy Spirit who comes to dwell within every believer, bringing up a living, flowing source of fresh life and grace and peace and God's goodness. Just in case you're wondering, yes in this moment, Jesus is clearly to anyone who had ears to hear, proclaiming himself to be the Messiah, to be the Son of God, to be the promised one who had come to bring ultimate, not just temporal, but ultimate salvation for thirsty souls. Now check this out, man. Let's, let's extrapolate this out to the New Testament and to our lives today. We live our whole lives on this planet in this physical life in temporary dwellings in temporary tents the bible even talks about this second corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 paul says for we know that if the earthly tent that we live in he's talking about our human body right if the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed that is when we die we have a building from god an eternal house in heaven not built with human hands paul talks in 1 corinthians 15 about a resurrected glorified body that we will receive on the day that jesus returns you know i just recently uh, did a funeral for a wonderful saint of of jesus her name was mary and um Every time, every time I do a funeral, I always go up and spend a few minutes by the casket. And I'm always just, honestly, I'm honestly blessed when, when I know the person knew Jesus, because you know, you, you spend a moment there and you just know, they're not there, man. I, I don't know if you've had that experience, but if you, next time you're at a funeral, and I'm not trying to be morbid or anything like that, this is actually, for the Christian, a joyful thing. You say, you know what, it's so evident that this body, this is what I knew, this is, the, this is how I knew this person was, their, their physical tent. But they're not home. It's so obvious that she was not in that body. Her life, her spirit was with Jesus. That's awesome. But we live our lives in these earthly tents all the way through life, which let's just face it, it's a wilderness, man. It's a journey. We are all trying to make it through this life with all these challenges because we are not home yet, man. When people say, why is why are things so messed up? Because we're not in the promised land yet. I.e., we're not in heaven. We're not home yet. We're still in the wilderness, man. And God has promised to walk with us and to provide all of our needs during this wilderness journey. Just like He did for the people in the wilderness in the Old Testament. And then God has given us His Holy Spirit which is the fulfillment of what this living water Jesus was talking about is all about. He has given us this this Holy Spirit stream of living water renewing us every day with fresh wisdom and fresh peace and fresh grace and power to fill us up with everything we need. When you're down the Spirit comes alongside as the Bible says our paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us to help us and encourage us to remind us of God's promises. Every morning the Holy Spirit reminds me of two promises. Number one, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And second, from Lamentations, he reminds me of the reality that every morning God's mercies are fresh. Man, I'm thankful for that. But the Spirit is that source of encouragement for us, that stream of living water that quenches our thirst, So awesome, man. I hope you know Jesus like that. I hope he has quenched your thirst. If you have any questions about that, never hesitate to reach out to me at Brad at AOL.com. PastorBrad at AOL.com. I'd love to help you uh, drink your fill of the awesome grace and life that we've received through Jesus, man. So now let's talk about this song that I get to share with you today. It's called Thirsty. It's from my 2003 demo called Rock You Up. It's, it's kind of a ballad and At the time that I wrote it, about 15 years ago, I was looking around at the world and just so bummed out about just the emptiness that I saw in so many people's lives. And you know it's wild. Even though I, I, I wrote this a long time ago, nothing changes. I mean, our world, the world without Christ is just, they're so thirsty and they're trying to fill that thirst with so many things and it never satisfies And uh, and you just get frustrated as a believer because you want to be like Jesus in a way and just stand up somewhere and say, dude, if you're thirsty, come to Jesus and drink, right? (laughs) And uh, I'm kind of expressing that in this song and and I hope it will will encourage you. I think I'm reflecting on some, yeah, there's some political things going on there. Not really taking one side or the other, just saying, dude, none of this stuff's the answer. Only Jesus is the real answer. And so I hope it rocks you up for Jesus, man. I hope it blesses you. Uh, Here it is, Thirsty.
1: We're all thirsty souls Looking for a drink Living in a world Headed off the brink Some look to power prestige. Others just want a friend to set their mind at ease. Educators say school is what we need. Young minds filled with knowledge. Certain to succeed. Joy is so elusive. Peace of mind's a wish. My prayer for this great big world that will remember this. Jesus could and cry Eu sou o One has four relationships, heartache on display. Politics sink lower, lower every day. Well, I think it's clear Washington doesn't know the way. Educators say school is what we need. Young minds filled with knowledge, are certain to succeed. Joy is so elusive, peace of mind's a wish. My prayer for this great big world that will remember
0: All right. Hey man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metal heads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how your just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. For the link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes, so head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it, and whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things. That helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by pastorbradrocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry of the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make. Promise bar none. You can learn about that over at pastorbradrocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at pastorbrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad out.